Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a Connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, church. Welcome to the building. Welcome all of you that are sitting at home or wherever you're at, watching online. God bless you too. Y'all doing well? Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. I'm doing well too. You know why? Because of God. I'm doing well because of God. I checked in with him this morning, and he's still on the throne. He's not worried. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's got everything going according to plan. Do you believe that? I believe that too. He's a sovereign God who rules over the affairs of mankind. If you don't believe that, go, go read the book of Daniel. That's what the scripture says. Nebuchadnezzar thought he was ruling. He, he, was, just, he was just having a lane that he was get, allowed to walk in until he walked a little bit too far. He stepped over the line and thought he was God. And then he got humbled and realized he wasn't. God is on the throne. That's not just a Christian cliche. That's the absolute truth. God is on the throne and he is ruling from heaven. And you and I are called to be seated with him in those heavenly places. Get his signals. Hear his word. Get his breath in your life. And then come and live it out here on this earth. Amen. We're in the world, but not of the world. So wherever your mind is right now. Wherever you're seated right now, I know you're physically right here seated, but you're really seated in heavenly places where Christ is seated. That's what the scripture says. We're citizens of heaven. Oh, come on. We're citizens of heaven. Well, I'm already getting into my word, so we better pray. Y'all ready to get into the word? Ready for that word to get into you? I mean, really get into you, like mess with your mind, mess with your emotions, mess with your will, mess with your, your brain, mess with all of your willfulness. I mean, really get in and mess with you. That's what the Word of God wants to do. He wants to be quick and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, he wants to come alive in us. But guess what? It is a live Word, but here's the, here's the perplexity that we live in. Your response to it matters of its effect effectiveness in your life. It's on you and on me. The word is going forth. The word is alive. It is real. But it will not profit your world or the kingdom of God if it's not mixed with faith and acted upon. It will not. That's the absolute truth. I wish it were different. I wish it were absolutely different. That I just, all I could do was hear it. And that's all that needed to happen. But that's not all that needs to happen. I've got to receive it. 
You're going to mix it with faith and say, that's a word for me. That's God's word to me. And I need to act upon it by faith. And so, God, I'm going to need your grace. I'm going to need grace upon grace upon grace to be consistent, to be steady, to be steadfast, to always abound in the work of the Lord, knowing my labor is not in vain. Because how many of you grow weary sometimes? How many of you want to throw in the towel? How many of you want to just say, I'm not seeing the fruit I want to see. I, I'm just kind of tired. Let the, just let people do what they want to do and crazy be crazy. And I'm just going to carve out my little, little nice life and I'll just leave everybody else alone. And uh, I'll just kind of fade into the sunset and, and be in heaven someday. Well, guess what? That's, that's not what God's called us to. Let's pray. Father God. We are here to worship and bow down. We are here to encounter you, not through just singing and giving and interacting with each other, though those are ways that we do glorify you and magnify you. God, we want to encounter you through the teaching and preaching of your word. Lord, we want to grow. We want to be watered. We want to be uh, challenged, and we want the word to come alive in our hearts and our lives. We want Father, grace upon grace to be poured out upon us so that we can respond in faith to this word and we can re respond in action to it. That we can be all that you've called us to be and do all that you've called us to do and bear fruit and that fruit remains so that you, God, are glorified in heaven and we so prove to be your disciples. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. So be it. Matthew chapter 11. When John the Baptist who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Now, you think about this for a moment. John the Baptist, the one who baptized Jesus, the one who said, he's the one that's, I'm not even worthy to untie uh, his sandals. How could I be baptizing him? The one who proclaimed, this is the Son of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who had a strong faith in Jesus, who was the forerunner to Jesus. He said, I'm, I'm not the one, but I'm just a voice. And so he was willing to be just a voice. He didn't need to be the one prominent on the scene. But he's thrown in prison now for his preaching and for his calling people to repentance and turning to God. And he's having doubts. How many of you ever have doubts? Come on, be honest here. You have doubts. There's doubts creep in. If you live in a fallen world, then you're probably going to be tempted with doubts. You know, am I really saved? Does God really love me? Is God's word really true? I mean, the enemy comes to question, did God say? And so it's, it's natural temptation. And so he's in this place going, man, what? Oh, wow, I thought that, you know, uh, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. And here I am in prison and probably getting ready to be beheaded. And is he really the one? And so he sent that question to his disciples and uh, with his friends to Jesus. And, hey, John wants to know. And Jesus said, just go tell John, here's the stuff. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, and the gospel is preached to the poor. Just here's the evidence. You're going to be all right. But here's the thing with doubts. You don't have, it's, doubts should challenge us to go deeper, to ask the questions. God's not afraid of your doubts. And as Martin Luther once said that 
you know, you can't keep the birds of the air from flying over your head, but you can sure keep them from making a nest in your hair. So you don't just shoo away the doubts. You, you, you go deeper into God. And, and there are things that you just need to understand this, that there are some things of God that are past finding out. The, the, the scripture says there are things of God that are past finding out. There are secrets of God that belong to God and God alone. And so that's where the relationship of trust comes in. I know what he has done in my life. I know his goodness. I can't deny it. I can't deny the salvation that I've experienced. I can't deny the healings that I've experienced. I can't deny the answered prayers that I've experienced. So guess what? When I don't see his hand the way I want to see his hand, I trust his heart. But he had this question, are you the one? Who are you? This question, are you the Messiah? In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus comes and asks something similar. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that, I, that the Son of Man is? In other words, who do people say that I am? And so they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So there's a plethora, plethora, whichever word you, whichever way you want to say it. I like both. <laughs> One is not the word. Okay, but you get it. Of opinions, just like they are today. Tons of opinions people have. But only one is right about Jesus. When it comes to him being the Christ, the son of the living God. And so they're saying, well, we, you know, you know, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, you know, some of the other prophets. Micah was my favorite, so I think it's Micah, you know. But then he asked a question, what about you? What about you guys? You, you're here right now. That's the street. That's what you've heard on the street. That's what the opinion of men is. But who do you say that I am? And then Peter Answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. You know, salvation comes by revelation. It's, it must become a revelation. The light gets turned on. You become born again. It's not just through knowledge and through study. It's not just a mathematic formula that you've memorized. He's a personal and real God. And Simon, through the Spirit, speaks and says, you're the Son of God. You're the Messiah. Blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Upon this confession... Upon this confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Do you want to be an overcomer? Do you want hell not to overcome you? Then you must get the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. I'm telling you, you get it deep down in your heart, deep down in your spirit. I know that I know that I know. 
You can talk to me about all kinds of things. You can call me crazy. Whatever, whatever, whatever. But guess what? He is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. He's the Messiah. He's God's anointed. He's the living Son of God. And he lives inside of me. And Peter and Jesus said to Peter, and upon this confession of your faith, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. A lot of people are trying to stand on their good works, stand upon their good ideas, stand upon their good feelings, stand upon their good intentions. Guess what? Hell's just going to topple that over. It's going to topple it over. And everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but only that which will remain is of the kingdom of God. There, when you base your faith on, on anything else other than Jesus Christ and Christ alone, upon the reign of his kingdom in your life, then everything else is subject for shaking, but the kingdom will remain forever. I, and he says, here's what I'm going to do. Upon your faith and upon your confession... I'm going to give you some keys. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Isn't that amazing? We're called to be a kingdom people. Now, how many of you know the three to four basic needs for human survival? Well, I'm going to share with you. You need air. First. And foremost, you need air. Because if I cut off your air supply, you're going to be gone really fast. You need food. You need water. And you need shelter. You can only be naked and afraid for so long. And that cold, that cold is going to get you. Okay, I got your attention. <laughs> so once those basic human needs are met and continually met, then we begin to move into some deeper meaning and purpose of life. We, get to, we begin to move into these questions of who are you? And that's the title of my message this morning, who are you? John was pondering that question, who, who are you? I, I, I know I know what I've said about you. I know what I've seen about you. I know what I've witnessed about you. But now I'm going through some troubled times. I'm in prison now for the things that I've preached and the things that I've said and the things I've challenged. And now I'm wondering, did I get this right? And then Jesus had that question for his disciples. Who do men say that I am? Because he understood there are two Major questions that you and I really need to get right in life. Number one, who is this Jesus? Who do you say that he is? Because it will affect your eternity. And you can't mess around with that. You need to get that settled in your heart and in your mind. Say, so who do you? I don't, I'm not asking your grandmother. I'm not asking the person who taught you. I'm asking you, who do you say that I am? Right now, it's not what everyone else's opinion is. It matters what your opinion is. It matters what revelation you carry. Who do you say that I am? And the second most important question that you need to answer is, who do you say that you are? Who, who do you say that you are? Well, I'm Philip O'Reilly, born of 
so-and-so parents in the year of whatever, whatever, and I, I'm a pastor, and I'm a teacher, and I'm a preacher, and I'm a servant, and I'm a brother, and I'm a son, and I'm a husband, and I'm a grandfather. No, 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 that's not what I'm asking. Those are things that you do. I want to know who you are. Who are you? Well, I'm a lawyer. I'm a doctor. I'm a, a plumber. I'm an electrician. I'm a mathematician. I'm a scientist. I'm, I'm a, an accountant. I'm, I'm a bus driver. No, 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 no. I'm asking you, who are you? Who, who are you? And we have a world system now that wants to label you with all of those things that you do. In the world system that wants to actually change you, emasculate you, to do like what uh, the Babylonians did to Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. And they, they captured them and they brought them into Babylonian captivity and they emasculated them and they changed their names. Gave them Babylonian names. But guess what? They didn't change because of what happened to them externally. They didn't change who they were because their names were changed and they were called by Babylonian names. No. You know why? Because they knew who they were. They knew who they were. They were children of God. And that never changed because they understood these things are not who I am. And here's the answer to my question, who are you? I want to remind you today, those of you that have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, who have been born again with a living hope, listen, you are who God says you are. You are who God says you are. Not your feelings, not the world, but God. And that's why it's so important that you get, who am I? Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the King of kings and you're the Lord of lords. There's no one higher than you. There's no one beyond you. You are the creator of all things. And I worship you. And I bow down to you. And I don't bow down to idols. I don't bow down to the fear of man. I don't bow down to opinions. I bow down to you, O King of kings. And so therefore... If I am who God says I am, then it's important for me to believe it, it's important for me to receive it, and it's important for me to walk in it. And it's important for me to take every thought captive and bring it into subjection and obedience to Christ when it's contrary to what God says about me. Amen. This is truth, and this is where victory comes from, that we walk in it. So here's what God says. God says that you are light in the world. That's who you are. God says you are light in the world. So here's the deal. Flip on the switch, children of God. Come on. Walk into every room and light it up. Walk into every conversation and turn on the lights. Walk. Come on now. Turn on the light and there will be people who hate the light, because they love the darkness. Turn it on anyway. Go ahead and let the light of God shine through your life. Don't get into the woe is me and the misery and oh, do you see how all this thing has happened? Let me tell you something. I had someone come up 
after service into New here last night, and they said they just immediately began to challenge what I had preached. Oh yeah, what you said was true, but, and then they started into all this nonsense. Seriously, like do you have, like wanted me to go sit down with them, and I knew immediately that this thing is going nowhere fast. And I said, no, I do not have time to sit down to you. What point do you need to make? <laughs> well, well, don't you know there's a food shortage? Don't you know that we still need to worship on the Sabbath? Don't you know? I mean, just started down all this stuff. And, and, and this all is verified. And it was just one conspiracy thing after another. And I said, well, listen. If all that is really true, then that means Jesus is close to coming, isn't it? So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to look up for our redemption draws nigh. So guess what? We ought to get busy telling people about Jesus instead of fearing all the stuff that you're claiming that's going to come. Seriously. Now, I'm usually really nice, and I didn't yell or anything, but I'm just saying... You, you know, the devil is going to come and try to challenge every word of God. And I realize that. And we got to turn on the light. I got good news. Jesus is coming back. And he's it's closer to returning than he ever has been in the time of history. So you better get ready. And you get ready by giving your heart to him. You get ready by opening your heart to him. You get ready by believing and putting your faith in him and putting your trust in him. That's how you get ready. You are the salt of the world. You are the salt of the world. And listen, salt brings taste, brings some flavor to your world. But also salt can sting when it's in a wound. And so understand that. Not everybody wants their wounds healed. But understand, you're to be the salt. Go ahead and sprinkle some flavor into your world. You are chosen by God and precious. I'm precious. My wife used to have precious as my, when my name came up. Like when the phone rang, precious. She's changed it. She's backslidden. You guys need to pray for her. Precious, that, this is like that which has value. It's precious. It's like the young man who came to date my daughter one time. And I said, he wanted to take my daughter out. So I set him down in the chair in my home, and I said, hey, did you, let me go, let's go out to my garage here. So this is a 1993 FXRS lowrider convertible Harley Davidson. It's a nice bike, isn't it? I said, yeah, it's a nice bike. It's special to me. It's the only one I've ever owned. I said, now, let's go back and have a seat. We sit down, and I go, now, do you think that I just let anybody come in here and say, hey, Pastor, I want to take your bike for a spin? <laughs> well, no. No, sir. I said, well, if you think I wouldn't do that for a motorcycle, do you think I want to do that for my daughter? I said, because that bike can be replaced, but my daughter can't. And I said, and the thing about that bike, it doesn't have any feelings, but my daughter does. 
And she has a heart, she has a soul, and she has a spirit, and you can damage that. And so just know, just not anybody's going to come in here and take her for a spin. Do you understand me? <laughs> and I go, and listen, I, I'm saved, I'm a Christian, but I still know people. <laughs> and you, you just need to know that she has four uncles, and not all of them are walking with God real close. And they know people like that are really bad people. Precious. I'm precious. You're precious. You're special to God. You're chosen. He chose you. Jay? I'm not going there. <laughs> You are a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up a spiritual sacrifice is acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's who, say, who am I? I'm a spiritual house, the temple of God. I offer praise to God. I'm not ashamed of him. I sing. I lift my hands. I dance like no one's watching. And even when they do, they make fun of me. But I don't care because I don't dance for them. I dance because it's fun to dance. Dance to the glory of God. I dance because I'm happy. When Cotton Eye Joe comes on, how can you not move your feet? <laughs> huh? I mean, seriously, how can you not move your feet? Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> Come on. Play Cotton Eye Joe for me. <laughs> 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Come on now. Are we not the people of God? Are we not the chosen special generation? Are we not the temple of God? Come on, that where praise must come out of our mouth to the glory of God. I've obtained mercy. I was once darkness. Now I'm in light. I don't have a woe is me testimony. I've got a God is good testimony. God is gracious. God is merciful. While I was yet a sinner, he died for me. And so I must agree with God and confess what God says about me. I am saved. God says that I'm saved. Who are you? I'm saved. I'm a saved person. Timothy, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. I am complete. You are complete in him, Colossians 2.10, who is the head of all principality and power. Listen, I'm not looking to be completed. I'm not. I'm not looking to another human being to complete me. Oh, sure, tons of people bring compliment into my life. Gifted in ways I'm not gifted. Smarter than I am smart. Knowledge about things I'm not knowledgeable about. Praise be to God they bring compliment to my life. But Christ is my completer. My wife doesn't completely complete me. I'm not, I'm not half a person, and she's my other half. No, I'm a whole person. That's why a lot of marriages don't work, because two half people are trying to come together to make one person, and you're trying to make them like you. 
No, wholeness in wholeness makes a great marriage. Healed people heal. Wounded people wound. And so when we come, I want you to be my everything, my all in all. Well, guess what? You can't be. I've just put something on you that will not, you can't meet, you can't meet that standard. And so now I will either beg you to do that and cling and get crazy or I'll seek to destroy you because you're not meeting the need I put on you. It's a vicious cycle. I am complete in Christ. Oh, I need other people. I need them desperately. But I'm complete in Christ. I am chosen. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. Look, why do we walk around like an or with this orphan spirit inside of us? Because we don't carry the revelation that we're chosen. Like he picked me. He picked me out of the lineup. Glory to God. Sinner, you need saved. I pick you. <laughs> Thief, liar, adulterer, I pick you. Yeah, I pick you out of, come on over here into light. I'm taking you out of, I've chosen you. I am forgiven. I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. That's who I am. I'm a forgiven person. I am a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Listen, this is part of the deception. You, we go to church wanting to have a better life. Guess what? God didn't bring you here to get you a better life. God came here to get you a brand new life, one that never existed before. You're just trying to add better to your sin. Guess what? That just muddies the water. You're just better at hiding your sin now and deceiving yourself that you're all good. No, God wants you to die and become born again, brand new, never existed before, new creation. Listen, I am a child of God. John 3, 1, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it didn't know him. People, the world is never going to figure out Christians completely. They're not going to. They don't carry the revelation. They're still in darkness and they love their darkness. Listen, I am redeemed. Ephesians 1, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. I have been purchased from my sin. I have been purchased, redeemed intentionally by the God of heaven and earth. Come on, is that not something worth shouting about? Is that not something worth declaring? I'm not ashamed of this gospel. I'm not ashamed of the redemption of God. I'm glad he saved me and redeemed me and purchased me. I am light. We said that you are the light of the world. The city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. I am justified. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I, it's just as if I've never sinned. I have peace with God. I'm not trying to get to heaven. I already have heaven. Yes! And let the children praise him. And see, the spirit just cried out on that child. Yeah! That was their hallelujah and amen, pastor. Preach it. I am free from sin, Romans 6, 22. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end, everlasting life. You know what? I'm never going to be holy apart from God. I'm never going to be holy apart from surrender until I realize I've been separated, holy, separated unto God. 
I'm, I live for God's purpose now. Not my own, not for man's, but for God's. Listen, I am more than a conqueror. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's who I am. I'm more than a conqueror. You say, what, what do I have to conquer? Death, hell, <laughs> things present, things to come. Here's that. A lot of people are living in fear because of things to come. They're paralyzed by fear because of things to come. Absolute paralyzation because of fear of things to come. And the Bible says, I overcome all that through Christ. Already. I am God's temple. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? That's why you need to maintain your temple, your house. How many of you have a physical house you live in? How many of you maintain it? How many of you let me come in and just start a fire in the middle of your house? Well, I'd like a fire. I'd bring a fire pit right in, you know, and keep it in there, but I'll just fill it. How many of you are going to let me do that? You're going to know. You're crazy. You're not doing it. We're going to have you committed. I mean, there's things that you just won't allow in your house. I had someone live with me for a while, and they smoked. I said, not in my house. I don't, I don't do it. I don't smoke. I don't like it. The smell irritates my eyes. It just it, it stinks everything up. And so you, you can't smoke in my house, and you can't smoke in my garage either in the middle of winter because it leaks into the house. So if you're going to smoke, you're going to go outside. Well, it's below zero. I don't care. Break the habit or go outside. It doesn't matter. But not in my house. You understand? And so now I am the temple of God right here. So not in my house. You're going to bring your nonsense up into my house? No, you're not. You're going to bring up all this false doctrine and all this fear mongering and everything else? You're trying to bring it up into my house? Uh-uh. It's not welcome. You see this sign right here? It says no soliciting. You see this thing right here? This will back it up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I went there. I did go there, okay? But for you that are more spiritual, in the name of Jesus. So, <laughs> all right. I got one minute, 32 seconds. I got 45 more of these. We're not going to get done. All right. I am one with Christ, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. I am called, but as God has distributed each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk, and so I ordain in all the churches. And listen, every one of you have a calling on your life. Every one of you are called. Not just the preacher, not just the pastor, not just the worship leader. All of you are called. You're called. You're gifted and called to go into your world and extend the kingdom of God through his love, through his mercy, through his grace, through your giftings, through the things he's put in you to be salt, to be light. You're called. You got to call him. Walk in it. Fulfill it. I'm created for good works. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now get to work. <laughs> Come on, get to work. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Listen, I am safe in Christ. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. People come knocking on your door with their fear peddling. And they say, man, aren't you scared? Aren't you afraid? Aren't you worried about this, that, and the other? I say, no, I'm, I'm fine. 
What do you mean you're fine? You got your head in the sand? No. Listen, I understand that there's fires in France. There's talk of this. There's talk of that. Yes, there's rumors, wars, and, and it's going to keep going and happening until Christ returns. And I pray, and I lift the world up to God, and I lift my soul up to God. I lift my children up to God. I lift my church up to God. I lift my nation and my city up to God. I do. I just give it to God. And I say, God, I know you're in charge, and I know you got people for me to touch and people for me to reach, and you got a lane for me to walk in. And so, God, here I am today. I want to be sensitive to your voice. I'm going to walk in your path, and I, I want to be open to the things you want me to say and, and, and see the things you want me to see and do the things you want me to do. I'm yours, God, but guess what? My life is hidden in Christ, and so I don't know why you're trying to bring me out of my light because I'm not going to come walk in your darkness. Come on now. This is who I am. This is who you are. Now be who you are. Be who God says you are. I am victorious, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I am not condemned, therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Come on. Don't, don't come in here and try to bring condemnation on my life because I don't worship on the day you think I should worship. Because I don't pray at the time you think I should pray. Because I don't observe the feast that you think I should observe. I personally believe that Jesus is my Sabbath. I personally believe that Jesus is my feast of celebration. <laughs> Every day I can celebrate Jesus. Every day I can go into the tabernacle of celebration and the tabernacle of remembrance. Every day. Why do I want to chase shadows when I've got the real? Come on now. I need you to stand with me because I, I didn't finish. I had like 35 of these, by the way. And if you want my notes, you can just email me or email Corky or email God and he'll get them to you somehow. <laughs> I just Better yet, just go get in the Word and find them because <laughs> they're all over. I mean, there are like way more than 35. <laughs> and just begin to believe that and walk in it. That's a word for us today. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And what else? I am who God says I am. That's who I am. And whatever else God says I am, I am. That's who I am. Bow your heads with me if you would, please. I want to give an opportunity for anyone here in this room today. If you know in your heart of hearts that you've been on the fence kind of believed in God, had some doubts, whatever it might be. You know what? God can overcome your doubts if you'll open your heart to Him. You know, there are times that there may be things you don't fully comprehend or understand, but you can know in your heart of hearts you're missing something. That you're trying to fill a void that only God can fill. And today I want to give you that opportunity to say, God, I want you in my life. I may not understand everything about you. I may not comprehend but I know that I know that I need to be forgiven and I know I need to surrender and today right here right now I'm not going to put it off anymore I want you to be the Lord of my life if that's you just lift your hand I want to pray with you in just a moment anyone in this room 
I see your hand. Anyone else? I see your hand. Just lift it up. It's so when I'm not going to have you come forward. I'm not going to have you sign a card. I'm not going to pester you. This is a this is a decision between you and God, and the Holy Spirit's moving on your heart. I want you to pray this prayer with me, and we're going to pray it with you as a as a, a prayer of confession and agreement. The Bible says, to as many as received him, he gave the right to become a child of God. That's your first step, turning your life over and receiving Jesus. Pray this with me out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I need to be forgiven. I need to turn my life over to you. And that's what I do right here, right now. I confess that I'm a sinner in need of your mercy in need of your grace and at this very moment I turn my life over to you I receive you I believe in you as my Lord as my Savior and from this day forward come into my life make me all that you want me to be that I might do all that you want me to do and I thank you Jesus for hearing my prayer. Amen and amen. Can we give God glory and honor? Can we give him praise? Listen, I'm going to tell you, heaven rejoices over those of you that either opened your heart to him for the first time or you turned back to him. The Bible says that heaven rejoices and we rejoice with you. After this service, I encourage you to go buy Fresh Starts and there's a book that we'll give you. It's a Fresh Start book. It's about the decision you made today. Just give you some more understanding and steps that you can take. We're here to walk this journey with you. None of us have arrived. We're still on this journey. Every one of us at some point in time in our life, some not yet still, some still on the journey of searching and seeking, others who have fully committed and surrendered their life to Jesus, and others in a process of yielding as, as they go. And so we are here to walk that walk with you, not in a superior way, but in a humble way. And I encourage you to let someone know about the decision you made today. Let Christ come alive and just pray to him, whatever's on your heart. You don't have to get religious about it. You don't have to get all, say all the right things. God knows it all anyway. Just begin to have a conversation with him and he'll begin to change your life from the inside out. Is that not true? Is that not true? Amen, it's true. God bless you. Now, I left enough time, so don't worry. We're not going over. Because I know some of you are addicted to the clock. Break it. Just throw your watch away. Break it. It's a song that says, I don't even know the title. But I am who you say I am. And if you want to say yes and amen to this word, then I want you to sing this song to God. Declare it with your mouth. Believe it in your heart. And walk out of here walking in it. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. Amen. Come on, give him honor. Give him glory. Give him praise.